want to listen to a different podcast. Don't worry, we understand. If you're still here, then buckle up for another pretty okay episode of Two Girls, One Podcast, a show that's on the radio in another timeline where the FCC never existed. And now here are the hosts of the most cryptic transmission on the internet. Allison Goldberg and Lindsay Ford. Hello, everybody. I'm Lindsay. I'm Allie, and welcome to Two Girls, One Podcast, where we discuss interesting and odd communities all over the internet. And today's community is particularly odd for us. I don't know that it's odd in general, but for us, it's odd because um, it's about the military, kind of, but it's also about like maybe just secret communication. It could just be about Static? I don't know. It's about a lot of things that we are I very unfamiliar static. with. Sometimes I like to rub balloons on my body. Oh, oh my That was goodness. a different episode. That was Lunar's. A different episode. Sorry, that's, that was a throwback. Yeah. Throwback. Sorry. And Sorry. by the way, if you want to learn about the balloon masturbation people, you know, that's an early episode. Okay, go on. Nice. Balloon <laughs> masturbation. Sounds squeaky um (laughs) (laughs) so that lurking giggle that you hear is also matt he is not one of the two girls he is the podcast (laughs) Mm, get it it. (laughs) two girls one podcast i like that it only took us two three years to think of that that he's the podcast (laughs) part but um well matt are you're the one who found the today's topic is that right yeah yeah i did i discovered it uh through a different podcast Matt's but, just uh, trying yeah. to show us he's worth keeping around you know i, I, I <laughs> contribute every now and yeah. then do you do you want to lay it out or do you want me to kick it up what, what do you what do you think you know matt i think you why don't you take a stab at it wow okay. i know i'm being so giving today thank you thank you <laughs> God, it's like, uh, who am i Okay, so I discovered that there are shortwave radio stations that broadcast, as Lindsay was saying, static and like beeping sounds. Which is what my voice sounds like all the time. Yeah, it's basically (laughs) what we do here. Uh, But these are just publicly available. They're just on the airwaves. They're not in secret. They're not hidden. They're on the airwaves. And a lot of them come from Russian military uh, stations. And also uh, various government spy agencies and people around the world stream these stations on the Internet so that thousands of people can listen to them, even if you're not close enough to the broadcast center. And they're just listening to static until you hear a beeping sound or a human voice, which is conveying a code, a secret code, which is being received by spies or by military personnel around the world. And again, these are just like, they're out there. Anyone can tune into them, but they are transmitting super top secret information from governments to secret agents. And we don't know what's being transmitted, but people are really fucking stoked to listen to these stations. And I thought it was the coolest thing I've seen in a while. Humans are wild. 
you know, because like there's nothing I'd rather do less, you know, but like I love <laughs> than listen to static. Yeah, but I love that some people are so into this. Yeah. My personal fear, because um, regular listeners know I'm dealing with a lot of conspiracy theorists lately. My personal fear is that this um, these kinds of things breed conspiracy theories. But yeah, we're going to talk to someone who I believe he runs a discord and everybody is listening and discussing it. And I guess a caveat we should say is that it it is a Russian station um, and you actually found this before they invaded Ukraine. So we're going to ask, but we're not necessarily going to you know, be going into that. What's funny for me is that my only experience with this, and I didn't know what it was, is that if anybody watched the TV show, The Americans, about Mm. these Russian agents that have been like deep cover agents planted in the U.S. in the 80s, um, Carrie Russell's character is listening to one of these stations like every Mm. time she like goes down to the basement to listen to the radio to one of these stations. It's kind of wild. And sometimes they talk and it's, it's very unusual that someone speaks on one of those stations, but sometimes there is speech and it's crazy. And I'm going to play a clip in a minute so that we can get a sense of it and the listeners can get a sense. But I'm glad you brought that up. I, I hadn't seen the show, but like it, it is real. And it's funny because like it's not conspiracy, conspiracy theories run wild. But like this is one of those things that actually is a real thing because shortwave radio is so reliable. If spy agencies were communicating over the Internet or over, you know, some other method, it would get fucked up and hacked and whatever. But because this is sort of encrypted signals over radio, it's very reliable. And this, so the our guest today has been monitoring a station that has been broadcasting nonstop for 40 years, which goes back <laughs> to that show. What I think is so interesting is with all of the unbelievable technological advances that we've made, that actually shortwave radio is the best way? Dude, I say this all the time. Think of any device from the nineteen <laughs> twenty. Was that the 20s. first time Matt has ever dooted me? It just really dude, stuck out. I don't know. Dude, I mean, I'm into it, dude. but like, go on. <laughs> Think of any device from the 1920s that you can turn on today and it will instantly work. The answer is a radio. Yep. There's yep. no iPhone. There's no computer. There's no television that from that, you know, from 10 years ago that will do what it's supposed to do uh, except radio and it's still going that's why you know in all the apocalypse movies and tv shows they always got a shortwave radio like yeah but i thought that was because everything else oh i see what you're saying i got it i got it (laughs) you're you're going into outer space exactly right you want to go to outer space (laughs) Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. need a radio you ain't bringing no iphone into outer space you need a radio like this is you know what else is a radio this right now podcast oh we're on the radio All right. You want to hear what one of these uh, numbers... Actually, this is a military station. It's called UVB76. This is the one of the most popular communities has formed around this particular station. It's a Russian military station. Again, it's bleeps and bloops and secret codes that we don't know what they mean. But then when they pop up on the broadcast shit goes down in Russia. And 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 we have seen, obviously, in recent weeks, uh, the horrible shit that's gone down. So here's a clip that our guest has sampled from the station. Do you smell that, Matt? Oh, yes. Spring <laughs> is in the air. 
No, that's true. You little bitch. Yeah, you little bitch. Time for our spring shopping list. That is really good. Let's go inside Trader Joe's. Yeah. Is nothing sacred? Trader Joe's has intercepted the Russian oh, military. Oh, How dare no. they? You're such a goofball. I like that you, you know what would have been really those. funny. It would have been really funny if you also played um, like UB40, that band from the nineties. <laughs> that I was like, that would be hilarious. I'm sorry, I'm so much funnier than you and less technologically advanced, but that's what I would have done. To, to mm, prank red, red us, wine. yeah. yeah. Although, red uh, red wine. <laughs> oh yeah, that's good. Although uh, you know, right. pranking us with the Trader Joe's podcast is a bit of a two G one P Rickroll. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love you know. that. I love Although, that. That's I, I great. I don't even go anymore. You know, since moving to <gasps> California. You, you don't know, go I, to TJ's? Not really, because I used to be obsessed with TJ's. I went every week. I loved it. And I do love it, and I miss it. But, like, I don't know. I moved to California, and everything was burning. And then, like, I don't know. I just became more and more <laughs> into environmentally friendly things. And they wrap everything in plastic. So I stopped. And their freezers are open, which is such a waste of energy. Oh, I hadn't even thought of that. The open yeah. freezers are an yeah. extreme waste of energy, yeah, but it's like a part of their identity to be wasteful. Yeah, so I can't. <laughs> I can't do it. I have my... It's weird. It's their tagline. Trader Joe's, we're wasteful. You know why? Because Joe, it he's just really a well. fucking bro, you know? <laughs> he doesn't give a shit. He's sending bathroom selfies. Bros get such a bad rap. I think most bros are just like... Labrador retriever human people. They're like dumb and sweet and all those like aggressively bad bros are making a bad name for the Labrador yeah. bros. But I We're think just we to get need by. a different name for it. Because the other guys you mentioned, I don't think of bros when I think of them. I think of like boys. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll figure it out. That's our next goal. Here's the real. Uh, these are transmissions from UVB 76 from... April and July of uh, 2021. And again, mostly static until you start hearing stuff like this. That's very scary because it's kind of, it kind of sounds rhythmic, you know, in a way. And it's very unfamiliar because I don't speak Russian, but it's like, why, what is happening? Ah! And then people still don't know. Even if they listen to it all the time, they hear it. They don't know what they're saying. Totally. Yeah. I think in that example, it is letter codes. So like Nikolai is N and Olga is O. And so oh, it's uh -huh. a sequence of letters that are encrypted and mean something to whoever's listening, but are, for that uh, there's no time. way for us to know. Yeah. And, and then it's, and then the code is changed the next day or whatever. And so cool. it's old school encryption over the radio uh, there for everyone to hear. 
Spy shit sounds stressful as fuck. What if yeah. you missed it? Like you're out. <laughs> right. Like they just do it one time, right? Yeah, so you're at Trader guess, Joe's. You're getting some some snacks in that open freezer, and you're just like, <laughs> oh, I wonder if I'm missing my one time code to destroy America. I don't know if it's America. one time or you know, I I, I don't know uh, if it's like repeat. It must it must be repeated throughout the day. I will maybe we'll find out for with our guest today if we remember. I don't it's the recent news but that sounded like particularly ominous you know mm-hmm. like i don't know if it mm-hmm. would have a month ago but like now it's like <laughs> totally right who knew that our grandparents uh enemy and our enemy would be the same i'm always like are we still talking about the russians actually yes wow <laughs> Yikes. well because germany really turned that shit around you know what i mean like i grew up learning that germany was very bad and then as an adult like germany has really turned turned it around and i think they did a great job educating their people on why this should never happen again mm-hmm. but russia oh, yeah, because they made it illegal <laughs> like they made it illegal to nostalgize yeah. nazism whereas mm-hmm. america's like no it's cool if you want to pretend like the confederacy wasn't treasonous Mm-hmm. It's cool if you want to be like, it's part of history. No, no, no. In Germany, yeah. you get arrested. <laughs> you yeah. get fined. We talking? You better hide yeah. that Nazi flag shit. We're I, not into it. I, we might have talked about it here. I don't remember in what context, but it's also like you in the context of like, oh, Confederate uh, monuments and statues. It's like in Germany, there's a plaque on every street being like, uh, yeah, here's where 400 people were murdered. Yeah. Please remember that. And it was, it's a different way of remembering and it's a different way of reminding people of like, no, this was bad shit and you can never forget it. But in America, so we're like, remember the heroes. Here's the flag. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh. yeah sometimes I think free speech goes too far. You know, I'm not necessarily a fan. <laughs> I shouldn't be allowed to say <laughs> half the shit I say. <laughs> yes. I am a fan of limiting Allie's uh, access to free speech. <laughs> to speech. Ooh, ooh. Okay. Well, here's a good transition. I'm going to grab this, the reins here, because uh, this dovetails perfectly into our trivia, which is not exactly about free speech, but it is about speech on the radio. Ooh. Today's episode is, of course, about mysterious radio broadcasts and their communities. Today's trivia is about one of the most famous radio broadcasts of all time, which took place on October 30th, 1938. That's when Orson Welles adapted the novel The War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells, no relation, uh, as a radio drama. But as legend goes, he framed it more like a news broadcast than as a science fiction story. And according to many reports, this caused mass hysteria around the country because people thought real Martians were invading Earth in giant war machines spraying poison gas. However, historians now say that the scale of the panic was extremely overblown and far smaller than originally covered by media at the time. So today's question, why are there so many news reports, actual news reports and historical accounts about mass hysteria from War of the Worlds when that actually was not the case? I have three examples of this, I hate to use this term, but fake news on the radio. <laughs> A, Orson Welles personally knew the editors of the New York Daily News and the Los Angeles Times and convinced them to get in on the, quote, theater 
of the project by writing stories about mass panic the following day. These stories led to other newspapers covering the fake story, which has made it difficult for historians to gauge the true public reaction. There are also rumors that Wells paid some news ed- uh, newspaper editors off to play along, but that those rumors are, are actually unsubstantiated. So that is choice A, getting the papers in on the game. Or was it B, a photographer for the Jacksonville Journal Courier in Illinois did snap a photo of two families running out into the street in a panic during the broadcast thanks to newspaper syndication at the time. This photo, this one photo, kind of went viral, quote unquote, because it was licensed and reprinted in multiple newspapers across the country, making it seem like panic was everywhere when in fact it was a very small percentage of Americans who even heard the broadcast. Nobody even really knew what was going on. Or was it C, newspaper revenue was way down due to the uh, the rising popularity of radio news and entertainment. So newspapers of the day sensationalized stories of panic to discredit radio and prove that radio was unreliable as a source of news. Wow, I'm that's going with making B. your paper unreliable <laughs> to show that something <laughs> else is unreliable sounds circuitous and mm. plausible. But, um, <laughs> Allie, you said you're going to go with B? I the am. photo went viral? Okay. I like that. I like that. Um, oh, man. I don't know. I feel like was didn't he have a big fight with Hearst? So like wouldn't Hearst have like discredited him to all his publisher friends? At, I don't know. I'm going to go with A, whatever. Maybe it was before they broke up. Friend broke okay. up. A that Orson Welles uh was buddies with the New York Daily News and Los Angeles Times convinced him to go along. We will find out what really went down in 1938 after this commercial break. <laughs> We're getting a top-secret transmission from our Patreon supporters. That's right. Those of you who contributed at the $10 or more level. That's Wesley Cordell. This is for Carrie Duran. Jessica Fox. Kathy Phillips. Matthew Scott. Melissa Elliott. William. Jessica Kibble. Ken M. If anyone else would like us to say your names in weird ways, you can visit patreon.com slash 2G1P and donate at the $10 or more level. Okay, do you guys know about birds aren't real? We've tried to get them on the podcast. It didn't work, but there's a fake conspiracy theory about birds. And and Lindsay, they're having a protest in Hollywood on Sunday, and I need you to go for me because I'm out of town. Girl, I'm out of town, too, and I would Damn not. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> I've met a lot so of bad birds. They're dirty. They're weird. They're not as fun as dogs, but people still have them as pets. I don't know. 
No, man. Birds aren't real is the best. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Maybe we will get them on the podcast one day. Anyway, let's hear that trivia. All right. What's the I have the trivia answer? answer for you. What did I guess? Uh, why a. was the panic? Why was the panic about War of the Worlds in uh, 1938 overblown? I mean, really, people did not freak out. Not, not many of them. Uh, Lindsay went with A that Orson Welles kind of was buddy buddy or paid off the editors of popular newspapers. Uh, Allie went with B that a single photo, a single photo in Illinois went went viral through syndication, uh, but it was not indicative of the larger trend. Nobody chose C that news. Papers were jealous of radio and wanted to discredit radio as a news source. Uh, I am ready with the correct answer. Oh my god, it's gonna be C. The correct answer is C. Oh my god, I knew it. That's so Damn. stupid. Newspapers are so dumb. I even said so, it, but I was just like, that's just so dumb. We didn't get that dumb with our media until recently, right? You well, that's why I find this really fascinating. We new forms of media ob- obliterating or eating into the market share or profits of old forms, and the old forms kind of freaking out. Th- this this myth of mass hysteria has persisted for so long, even incredible, uh, you know, reports and documentaries. Uh, but Slate has a good breakdown of why that's not the case. And newspapers, their revenue was way down because radio was kind of like the new kid on the block and everyone was getting their news from the radio. And so they were trying to sort of discredit that. Uh, In the Slate article, it says the program's news bulletin format was described as deceptive by some newspapers and public figures, leading to an outcry against the broadcasters and calls for uh, regulation by the FCC. This is actually from Wikipedia. So basically, they were using War of the War, this War of the Worlds broadcast, which was which was pretending to be a news broadcast. And then the public and newspapers were like, see, this is why we have to regulate radio because you could say whatever the fuck you want and people will believe it. However, officials declined to take any punitive action against Orson Welles and the innovative episode and its subsequent notoriety secured the 23-year-old Welles' fame as a dramatist. So Congress did nothing and uh, here we are. Wow. And say whatever the fuck you want. (laughs) Well, once again, Matt, you've done it. Excellent trivia. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. But now it's time to welcome our guest. He monitors a Discord and streams this Russian military shortwave radio station. His name is Z, And I can't wait to find out what he finds out from listening to this station constantly. Welcome, Zapdoz. Yeah, hello. This is me. I'm Zapdoz. Welcome. <laughs> welcome. We're happy to pop your pod cherry. <laughs> Well, I don't, I don't know what that uh, what that means, but uh, American slang, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> great, great. You know what? We'll leave it there. We'll leave it there. Okay, I think there's quite a bit of background we're going to need first, so our listeners are kind of up to speed on what the fuck we're talking about. So can you just tell our listeners very quickly, what are shortwave radio stations? Well, first of all, shortwave radio, you might know AM or FM radio, you know, it's what you usually listen to. Mm-hmm. And shortwave radio is, and it's it's the range basically on top of the AM radio uh, frequency band. And what's so special about it is that shortwave radio signals can basically travel all around the world with not that much transmitter power needed. So they have the power to transmit to wide ranges very easily. 
Today, we're going to be talking about one particular station. So can you tell our listeners, what is this station y'all have been listening to and why? Well, so the station you're referring to is UVB76, also called the Buzzer. And it's one of the many stations active in the Russian military uh, network. We call it the monolith network mostly. People also just call it Russian military shortwave station. And it's one of these stations that, ha- that has been going on since 1982, or at least reportedly since 1982. And people have been listening and they have been wondering, okay, what is this sound? There's a repeating beeping sound. Then in 1991, it changed to a repeating buzzing sound. Who the hell is transmitting here? Why are they wasting transmitter power to transmit beeps and buzzes? And later, as research got farther and people have been listening to the station, they've been finding out this is a station by the Russian military used to send commands to troops in the Russian Western Military District. There are a lot of creepypastas and theories about what the station's real purpose is, and these uh, theories keep coming up on the internet, but they're just wrong. How do you know that the buzzer is what it says it is? So what confirmed for your community that it is this Russian military station? Well, the absolute confirmation, if you want to call it like that, is when in 2010, the station moved from, I think the old town was called Povarovo, to other locations. The old base where the buzzer, uh, the station was located, was later investigated by just people going around visiting lost places. And they've been finding old logbooks of these um, these messages. And these logbooks confirmed that this was actually Russian military activity. Wow. Not only that, but we also have reports of former soldiers and former Russian military workers saying, yes, these kinds of stations and this station as well are indeed military, st- military stations. You have to always be, be careful with these reports of former military guys because you never know if they're correct. But we're pretty sure these are correct because there are all, uh, all kinds of other evidences as well. Okay, great. Just making sure we're fact-checking, you know what I mean? You're saying that UVB-76 is a military station? Yes, indeed. And so how is that different or related to number stations that are used by many different countries? Well, I'm, I'm glad you asked that question because military stations are different from number stations. At least most are. Military stations, as the name says, are used for military communication, and the number stations are used for spy stuff. (laughs) Technical term. Yeah, very technical term. (laughs) Communicating with spies in other countries. That's the premise of the number stations. Let's let's do a little thought experiment here. Imagine you're a spy agency in the United Kingdom, and you have to send a message to your spy in Moscow, Russia. So you're MI6, and I'm James Bond. Okay, continue. Ba- basically, yeah. <laughs> um, so so what are you going to do? Because um, let's say, hypothetically, Russia has got no access to the internet. Not really that unlikely, considering current world events. But your spy cannot use any kind of internet communications or even Tornet, these are also shut down, so you can't access them in Russia. So you need to have some kind of way to reliably transmit a message from London to Moscow. So what you do is you set up, uh, you set up a shortwave radio transmitter near London, and the only thing your spy needs is a handheld shortwave radio. And messages are being transmitted in clear text, you know, encrypted clear text, but everyone can listen to them. So you hear these, they're called number stations because they transmit numbers. And uh, you only hear one uh, numbers going like one, five, two, five, eight, and then a small break, and it continues on with numbers. 
these are actually encrypted. So what you do is you set up just a message in plain text. Uh, you convert your, your letters of your text to numbers by any means of encoding you have available. And then you add a key to that. And the listener or your spy then subtracts that key from the numbers to get back the original message and then decoded with whatever kind of decoding standard you have defined wow and also these keys are only used once that means that it's literally impossible to decode a message sent via number stations because if you only use a key once and the whole message every part of the message has unique key attached to it then you can just guess and you can guess every key but then you also get every result so the encryption is extremely reliable and cannot be cracked by any means. That's why it's so secure to use number stations and this kind of encryption. Wow, that is awesome. <laughs> Analog encryption. Yeah, and it's, it's really easy to decode by hand. That's the awesome thing about it. You don't need any computers or stuff. Subtracting numbers with one digit isn't really that hard for most people, that is. <laughs> <laughs> I might beg to differ. I've been dealing with a lot of conspiracy theorists lately. So who is the community that has galvanized around the buzzer. The, the community around the buzzer is mostly also shortwave enthusiasts who have been finding out about it, and uh, like, like me in 2019. And then they've just been recording these things and have been looking, wow, are there other people like that? And, well, people have been finding together with, uh, with this mutual interest. Multiple communities have formed over the years now. The communities I'm in are mostly the, the new ones. There have been communities much older like that, mostly analog groups like the Enigma. But yeah, people have been uh, um, coming together with, with this mutual interest of finding out what are the Russian military stations about? How can we maybe even decrypt them one day? How are the inner workings of this whole monolith network uh, going? Uh, how do stations interact with each, uh, each other? And that's the awesome part of having a community. There are multiple people recording multiple stations at different times. So you can interchange your recordings and then get new knowledge. Wow. What were you into before you got into this? Like, how did you end up getting here where now you listen to this wild Russian military station for fun? I've just, I think I found an old shortwave radio and I've really not heard of shortwave radio before either. So I've just found an old shot of radio in the basement. And I think I've just been Googling active stations on shortwave radio. So that's how I got into it. I just searched online for active shortwave stations. And then I found out there's actually quite a rabbit hole to go down here. And I've just been grabbed by it. Amazing. So we popped into your Discord. And how long has the Discord been around? And how many people are in it? Well, the Discord, I think you're referring to UVB76 discussion here. Mm -hmm. Yes. In 2019, actually around the same time I started listening personally, uh, the SWL channel started a stream of the station by utilizing these remote radio receivers in other countries to get the signal and stream it out to YouTube. So the advantage of that is that many people can listen to the stream and they don't have to actually join these remote receivers because they have limited space. YouTube hasn't got limited space. And the second advantage is that you can go back 12 hours in a YouTube live stream to see what's been going on via the uh, visible uh, waterfall image. Can you explain the visuals that people would see if they were to 
be watching or listening to the radio stations on YouTube? The way the stream works, the visualization, is actually what the remote receivers compute themselves. Basically, you can port audio through a very complicated function to get extrapolate how strong certain frequency components of this audio are. You, you call this an FFT. And you can convert an FFT to an image and therefore visualize how strong certain frequencies of the audio and any kind of analog signal like shortwave radio are present. And that's what you see. You see a waterfall or FFT visualization of the buzzer live on this live stream. And people can use that uh, to their advantage to print stuff on the waterfall, to mess with the waterfall, because these programs can generate images that convert into sound and then convert into images again via the FFT. So we actually, we had people drawing on the waterfall many different kinds of things from text to uh, fairy artwork and yeah <laughs> it's like a heat map you know for for those listening who can't see it it's a heat map where maybe background static is sort of blue and fuzzy but like a precise beeping sound might be uh, yellow or red and so you can just visually look at the beeps or the the speech that is being transmitted without listening to whatever 12 hours of audio right yeah the, the explanation is way better actually way <laughs> <laughs> more precise sorry <laughs> that's why we get matt here he's a very good mansplainer like he explains things to men <laughs> <laughs> so what's funny to me is that all of this seems so complicated and intense the fact that someone's looking at the like sound photos, sound pictures in the first place is wild, but that someone else is trying to like then get in on it by messing up the photos with their own little photos is so funny to me. It's just, it seems like a big community of a bunch of weird siblings where it's like, no one outside of your family cares about this and y'all are really, really into it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of true. But mostly the uh, the trolling on the waterfall is done TikTok. It's mostly TikTok with the conspiracy theories um, invade the stream and lots of people are, are listening and uh, watching the stream. We have like We had like, I think, 400 people at maximum, which is really a lot by the standards of this, well, relatively small community. And when this happens, mostly the pirates, as uh, as they're called, radio pirates or radio trolls, fire up their transmitters and troll the people listening uh, and watching because they don't know what the station is about, although we have an FAQ, you can read it. And they think, oh my god, the station is being hacked and people are hijacking it and whatnot. <laughs> it just gets a lot of attention. That's that's why they do it. Ah. Also, when you say that pirates and trolls are invading your station, it sounds very exciting. I'm not kidding. <laughs> yeah, but, it, but it's, it's really not. All, all you have to do is you have to have a strong shortwave transmitter, like, I don't know, 500 watts should be way enough. Um, and then you have to be somewhere near the receiver or somehow rotate your antenna the way that you transmit directly to the receiver that the stream uses. And then you just go for it. Set frequency for 625 kHz and transmit whatever you want. It's illegal, of course, um, but they don't care. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're beaming, you're, you're putting a sound into a machine that then spits out an image on the spectral analysis, then pointing your radio at the receiver that's streaming to YouTube and then like 
busting in on the frequency because it's just radio waves. I mean, it, they're all it's ever it's out there. We can all just do whatever we want with radio waves. Exactly, and uh, that's why all these you know all these titles of very various different and uh, news outlets like forty uh, year old Russian radio station UVB has been hijacked by pirates. This is clickbait, and it's not true as well. Mm. These are just people broadcasting on the same frequency, trolling with listeners. So the kind of attention, you know, mass media has put the, to this is, well, it's, it's spreading misinformation for the most part. What? Mass media spreading misinformation? It's almost like there's a larger problem here. <laughs> what? Okay. I would really love to dive into the community and how people are interacting with each other. So can you tell us about the Discord and the other places that people are gathering to discuss the buzzer? Well, there are, there are multiple Discord servers, and um, the, the main server, UVB76, this discussion has been grown into become such a big server that it's mostly off-topic now. But there are other, other institutions such as the Number Stations Research and Information Center and the Proyum.org project. The, for the most part, they are interchanging recordings and new discoveries they've made. So if someone recorded some interesting thing, you know, they posted in one of these in-depth discussion Discord servers or IRC channels, and people discuss about it. People think, okay, well, might this happen again? What is this all about? Well, this, this activity, or if some new station is discovered, people think, all right, have we heard these call signs before? Are there other frequencies with the same call signs associated? And people go on and record other frequencies. So it's just constant sharing of recordings and knowledge so people can, you know, get to know more about the inner workings of all of this. Okay, I know we're talking about UVB 76, but I understand that there are also stations like this for other countries like North Korea that, you know, people are listening to to see what's going on with them. I, I read that the North Korean one went dark for like over a decade and then came back and it was kind of a, a big deal. But people were like, maybe this doesn't mean anything. Do you know anything about that? Well, I'm sorry to say I'm not really informed about the state of North Korean number stations at the moment. I think V15, if I'm not mistaken, is the North Korean number stations and it was being sent. It's actually a different format. It is sent as instructions to university students, and it's sent on the regular North Korean state radio, uh, radio channel before, you know, at some fixed times before some kind of news show goes on. So it's kind of different because not only are they transmitting it on their own broadcast, which is extremely weird considering number stations are usually, usually on hidden bands, if you want to call it, call it like that. I have been trying to recall the station for some time and I've not got to it yet. I've not caught one of the transmissions and I do not know if it's currently active. You can look at the latest Enigma newsletters and th see if they have any kinds of logs and recordings of it. But I'm currently not informed uh, on activity on that station. I would love to pivot into the crazy stuff happening right now. We heard that uh, the community knew that Russia was invading Ukraine earlier than the rest of us because of this station. Is that true? Not, not quite. There, um, the community, of course, has been very active 
uh, when all these allegations of, oh, wow, now there are troops near Ukraine, what's going on here? And one thing, actually, the SWL channel told me two days before the invasion, a lot of Russian over-the-horizon radar systems went on again. And these systems are basically just huge antennas, and they're, they're broadcasting it into the ionosphere, and then it's getting received by some other kind of large antenna, and you can find out if there are missiles just coming by. Russia has a lot of these systems, but they're usually not active all the time. But we have seen before the invasion started that really a lot of these OTH systems are online. I'm not a military expert. I'm just listening to radio stations. I've not expected, actually, Russia to fully invade like they did. And it's it's really horrible what happens now. So you knew they were preparing for something, but you didn't know what? When you when you turn on such a great number of OTH systems, you're, you're probably expecting some kind of um, counterattack. And that's what got me to worry mostly. But um, if you have had been smarter than me, then you should have probably realized that this was Russia's plan all along. No, that's good. I like that you're not extending further than your actual knowledge, like the rest of the internet that just pretends they know everything. <laughs> so I'm into it. Um, yeah. <laughs> when you pool all of these uh, enthusiasts together, is there knowledge that they can glean that has, sh- has proven to be uh, factual in hindsight? For example, the invasion of Crimea in 2014. There were some news articles about UVB-76 sending one message at that day, and people were like going crazy because, all right, one message on this station in 2014, there were not that many people listening, and one message is nothing. People, This station broadcasts one message probably once a day or every two days. And I can't really say anything about whether we can tell the future from these (laughs) kinds of stations. (laughs) But what you do know is when lots of activity happens, there are probably military exercises. We have seen a clear link between these things, like a lot of military activity, uh, a lot of activity like messages on UVB-76 usually links to military exercises in Russia's Western military districts. And these are mostly open. People know that they're happening. And you can kind of predict them. But I I wouldn't say you can predict military activity in the future just by listening to these stations, because you have to remember, these are probably not the main links the Russian military uses. These are probably backup stations, if anything. So the main interesting stuff is probably encrypted and hidden on frequencies where you just can't easily listen to it. You also have other technologies. Shortwave isn't the only thing, but it's just just the most reliable one. Okay. What do you think it is that keeps the people in the Discord and the people that you've met who are fans of this specific station coming back and, and connected and committed to it for years and years? Well, some people just never stop listening to the same stations over and over again. But mostly what what keeps people going is that well, the new things that are being found out. One of the um, interesting new things happening was that there are now frequencies of the Russian troops in Ukraine right now. And these are, believe it or not, unencrypted. Mm. So if you have a, a, a radio at the right spot, you can just listen to the communication of some of the Russian military troops. And 
this is kind of weird because normally like stations like UBB76 and all the sister stations, they are encrypted. So according to the logs that I've received uh, from the number station, I don't know, um, my Russian pronunciation is not great. Uh, Rezan asking Ratik if the target is still good and whether they should fire there again or not. Ratik passes two new targets, 094300 and two and 722150. Volkograd ask Rezan, second group is the position of Ratik. Rezan denies and confirms that both groups are the positions of targets. Second group is position of enemy sniper. This this goes on. I haven't made this recording myself, but I've been listening to some of the communications and it's surreal if you think about it because, um, well, you've been listening uh, or you've been hearing probably about news reports of the Russian military's equipment being outdated. Mm-hmm. Th- this kind of proves it. There's always the slight possibility of it being transmitted by a pirate just trolling with the frequencies. You can never rule that out. But according, uh, you know, listening to these stations and according from how they how they talk to each other, this seems very Russian military-ish. When I was in the Discord the other day, I saw that people were kind of circling different blips in the audio and connecting them to different Russian moves. Is that correct? Can you tell us more about how people are following the Ukraine-Russia conflict through these number stations? Well, the blips of audio you mean are probably, if they're inside of the buzzer, just circle blips of frequency, if you're referring to that, these are just people seeing patterns. Yeah, it was the patterns in the waveform and people were circling different aberrations of the buzzer, yeah. Then either someone is uh, interfering with it and sending letters, or they just see patterns uh, because the human brain likes to see patterns. Yeah. Um, where there aren't any and we had this a lot like people seeing faces in the spectrogram when there were clearly nothing uh, where there was clearly nothing going on well that actually leads into something else i was thinking about in this interview which is this kind of layperson detective work do you worry that it feels conspiracy theories because i do i feel like sometimes when the internet does its own detective work it can be really amazing and they solve cases that the police aren't solving But I think sometimes it can also lead to a lot of misinformation and disinformation and conspiracy theories. How does your group manage that? It's obvious that we are only recording radio waves and these are open. Everybody can listen to it. There can't be really anything fake about this. I don't really like to call myself an investigator, even someone worthy of being called an OSINT, like open source intelligent intelligence activist. I mostly specialize in the radio stations because, first of all, that's completely legal. Russians might be pissed, but I, I, I don't know if I should care about that. It's an interesting aspect to me, how, how and why they use these kinds of radio links. So I usually, usually I don't go much deeper than that. And the detectives, well, these are other people. These are usually hackers um like people who hack under the name of anonymous and publish different kinds of military documents as you have seen in in what they called ddosecrets.com very popular site of hackers currently exposing inner workings of 
squash military. These are the people doing the real, but it's not us. We're just listening to radio stations. We are, there's no kind of conspiracy going on. We try to explain everything as clearly as possible via FAQs. Mm -hmm. You know, we are not, uh, we are not some kind of deep agents. We're just ordinary people. So what do you think is the future for this community in terms of, you know, sitting around, listening to number stations and chatting about it? Yeah, well, the future of this community depends on the future of the stations themselves. Mm -hmm. You see political tensions rising up again massively currently. This leads at least me to believe, there are different voices obviously, that the number stations and military stations will never vanish because there's always a reason to use shortwave radio because it's so extremely reliable. Yeah, as political tensions rise, I think this community will record more and more of these stations. Um, we believe that new number stations might be in planning. And when these come out, then obviously we record and lock them and see what kind of activity this might be and for what country it might be for and what kind of spy agency might be running it. Wow. Okay. That is a fascinating endeavor. Love that you that you all are tuned into these frequencies, fi figuratively and literally. So thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, sure. I, I appreciate being on the podcast. First, first podcast for me. How did it feel? I, I, I liked it. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Hey friends, Matt here. Uh, we actually had to run really quickly after recording this interview, so we did not get a chance to wrap up the show in our traditional way, but here are Lindsay and Allie talking about uh, a slightly different type of radio broadcast that probably would have been... Uh, cut out of the the usual show but uh we're gonna we're gonna leave it here be sure to get in the show notes to uh get at us the phone number for voicemails the discord the facebook group and of course the email let us know uh, what you thought of this episode i thought it was pretty cool so uh we'll talk to you later and here's here's a little tidbit for all of you listening all the way to the end thank you and donate at the ten dollar or more level I love that. That turned into like a Delilah situation. Oh my god! Like I hate late night Delilah. radio. Delilah. So that's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I find her so annoying. It's like the oh, most it's so stupid. The but like most probably annoying. one of the most popular syndicated so popular. radio shows ever. So popular. Yeah. It's older than no me. Idea my what parents this is. listen to it. It's, it's like smooth tunes post nine p.m. And she's always like love songs with Delilah. And then she's it's like, love songs, but then she takes listener like dedication. I'm having a problem with my boyfriend. Oh. What should I do? And it's like advice, right? And she's like, you know what, Samantha? If it's meant to be, it'll be. <laughs> Just let the right one in. And you're like, shut the fuck up, Delilah. Samantha, get a friend. Stop calling Delilah. Why am I listening to this radio station? I'm the problem. <laughs> Exactly. These are the emotions I feel when right? I play that. <laughs> so funny. On that Two Girls, One Podcast is hosted by Lindsay Ford and Allison Goldberg. Then run through a spectral analyzer to reveal images of a giant poop emoji. I mean produced and edited by Matt Silverman in New York City. Production assistance is provided by the Podglomerate. This show is a production of The Daily Dot, 
the number one source for in-depth reporting about life on the internet. The Podglomerate. A Sonic Universe. Just get rid of them.